Hi, and welcome back to One Fry Short. Um, I have a guest with me today, Gloria White, and we will be talking about grief. Um, It's a very unique uh, perspective on it, I think, because she also does stand-up comedy, and so she has found a tool to unlocking the deep, dark hole that comes with grief could be laughing her way through it. Welcome to One Fry Short, you know, of a happy meal. I'm Jamie Spielmaker. And I'm Rachel Wynn. We're just two women having candid and empathetic conversations about mental health and how we can support each other. We are not experts. Not even close. But if you want to feel less alone in your neuroses, you've come to the right place. Today's episode is about grief. And it's one that I'm nervous about recording because it's so personal and um, it's pretty, it's a pretty profound thing that happens to all of us in our life at one point or another. Um, we experience it. And when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about how similar grief is to mental illness and the fact that it's so personal, it's so private. Um, and talking about it feels so vulnerable that we often don't. And it feels like society puts a timeline on us for when we should snap out of it and when we should soldier through it. And the same for depression goes for grief. There is no timeline for when you snap out of it. It's something you are most likely always going to live with. And... um while I haven't experienced a really close member of my family passing away, I know a lot of people have. And there are different types of grief. It's not just someone passing away. It's grieving a life that you thought you were going to have. It's grieving. Um, it, many of things. Gosh, I just think about how many things happened during the pandemic that didn't even just include death. It included moments that were taken from us. Um And here today to talk about her personal experience with grief is Gloria White. Gloria is a friend of mine from Auburn. We reconnected over the last few years, and I feel very grateful for that. And um, Gloria works here in Atlanta. Um, I would say you have two jobs, because when she ends her day job, she starts her night job, which is stand-up comedy. And the thought of that makes me sweat. (laughs) I don't know how you do it. I think it's really incredible. And God, you are all over the place with it. I am determined to get you into a laugh lab class. Oh. Like, I feel like it would change your life. That would have to be something very dramatic in my life would have to happen for me to do that. I'm too anxious. I We were playing a board game and I had to like, you know, come up with something on the spot. And I was like, I'm sorry, this game isn't for me. And I lost. I am also very anxious. I literally hold my breath and stop breathing during Jenga. (laughs) It is so stressful for me. I hate playing it, but I love Uno and those types of games. Okay, so I have a chance. Yes, I'm like, (laughs) I am very competitive, but Jenga is my downfall. That's your downfall. Mm -hmm. Um, So... A year, almost a year ago, mm-hmm. your mom died. Yep. Do you, is there a term that you do or don't like? No. Ter- okay, because I remember when Brian's mom died, she said, do not 
say that you I'm I lost I'm lost we lost Brian's mom she's like i I know exactly where I am. So don't use that. So I was like, okay, note to self, don't say this. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, a part of grief. Some some things that some people say, other people don't. So your mom died almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's almost 13 years ago you became her caregiver. Yeah. Um, my mom was sick with a long-term illness. Um, initially, it was kidney failure, so... She had end-stage renal failure, which um, she did dialysis three days a week. And um, very tough, but she soldiered through and, you know, lived um, a very, like, long life for that type of diagnosis. Um, And my life was forever changed. Um, I was in college during that time, and um, life kind of evolved and... Um, eventually I ended up coming back and moving back to Atlanta to help her. Um, and that in itself was grief Mm -hmm. because I was grieving my mom who I had known as, you know, like working woman, like super like strong wife, mother, grandmother, like she did so much. And then she was kind of sandbagged and like you know she needed other people and I was not used to that Mm -hmm. um how old were you um so that happened in 2008 okay um so yeah I was 19 when she was diagnosed initially um and then you know life evolved you know college graduation all that good stuff um ultimately getting a job um and then as time went on my mom's condition got worse um uh kidney failure affects a lot of your vascular system so um she ended up um having to have both legs amputated Mm. um and so now my mom is not mobile and um, she ended up learning how to walk again with the use of prosthetics. Um, but, you know, every surgery, every, like, time she went under, I could tell she was getting worse. And um, a few years later, she was diagnosed with vascular dementia. Um, so towards the beginning of the pa- – or right before the pandemic started – made the decision to put her in a nursing home. Um, And during the pandemic, you know, she um, was in the nursing home and it it was insanely tough because Mm -hmm. I was a very involved caregiver. Like I was there weekly, several times a week, like making sure that she was good. I really took pride in taking care of her. My mom was an amazing mom. Mm-hmm. She was so loving, so giving of her time and um, her energy, her resources. And being able to pour that back into her is, like, probably one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. Oh, what a beautiful way to look at that. Yeah. And um, so, of course, during the pandemic, nursing homes shut down. Um, so it was a lot of, like 
visiting through windows or yes. <laughs> trying to teach her how to FaceTime, which was yes. insane. <laughs> um, I looked at the ceiling constantly. <laughs> um, but, um, like, I, I knew that she knew that she was loved. I racked up so many DoorDash, like, orders. And, like, you know, if I couldn't visit her in person, I could at least have things delivered. And, like, yes. made sure that she felt loved and cared for. Um, but the pandemic definitely, like, caused cognitive impairment. Like, there was a decline. She wasn't as social. She wasn't, you know, as active and, like, cause I, I would come and pick her up, you know, and we'd go on our adventures, we'd go to movies, we'd go and, like, really, like, get out, and she, I engaged with her, and this pandemic just, like, stopped everything, mm-hmm. so. And on top of the fear of, in the beginning of the pandemic, it was the nursing home patients yeah. Yeah. that were getting the sickest, so on top of the sadness of not getting to see her, you also now have this anxiety of, she's safe in there? She got COVID in April of 2020. Wow. Yeah. And so another thing that happened is, like, when you're doing dial, like, they had a specific dialysis center in DeKalb County that every dialysis patient with COVID had to go to. And so it changed up their schedule. It changed up, like, so much stuff. And, like, trying to sneak things to her, like, here's your supplies for the week, or, like, you know, yeah. here's some food, or, like, I know I can't get to you, but I'm trying. <laughs> like, yes. So, it, it was just, the pandemic, I I try very hard not to feel robbed, but I feel robbed. Of course. Yeah. Um, And, like, you know, just... I got tested multiple times a week, every week, to make sure that even if I was just dropping something off, yeah, that I didn't have COVID. Yeah. And, like, just seeing how seriously I took it versus the rest of the world and just, like, you know, the rest of Atlanta, more specifically, is, like... That's the hard part because you're not only doing it for yourself, you're doing it because you're taking care of a vulnerable yeah. person, Um, I felt the same way with my mom, um, who has MS and asthma. I felt like, you know, of course I would be scared to get it, but I don't want to be the person that could potentially kill my mother from COVID. And so that was at the forefront of every decision that I made, every get together. Is this like, there was this anxiety that would, I'd have to check off this list. Okay. Was this going to have this before? Because uh, yeah, it, it it was equal parts very frustrating to see people able to have fun and go about their lives while <laughs> while we were in a joyless. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Facetime in the ceiling. Thanks, guys. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know, I know. Just trying to get these moments. That's but. that study that came out in the BBC that we posted oh about God. where it was like minimal <laughs> mental health um, after pandemic. Oh, but then we didn't include in our target audience like young people, people of color, older people. And I'm like, so the people affected by it the most? Like, you didn't you include, include you, mom? you like, included the it. wealthy white people that stayed <laughs> yeah. in their house the whole time? Like, that's yeah. not. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I saw that study and I was like, what do you mean? I celebrated multiple birthdays over Zoom. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. I loved when you would post taking care of your mom, like painting her nails. Yeah. Those moments that you're able to have again that you probably weren't able to have those first few months. Yeah. Like that was a ritual for us, like pre-pandemic and like during the pandemic, like once I was able to like go and do her nails because first it was outside Mm -hmm. and then having the ability to go inside and like my mom would always get the same nail color and it would drive me crazy. It was always <laughs> like this iridescent cotton candy and I hated it. <laughs> I think Claire would like that. <laughs> probably. It definitely like mom and you know, a uh, uh, elementary school. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're on the same way. Um, yeah. So she would get that same color every time. And I'm like, I made her promise that, Hey, you know, we've we've we're living through a pandemic like let's spice it up a little bit so every other time that I would do it I would force her to choose a different color Mm -hmm. and it would get her out of her comfort zone and I am just so thankful for that but it's insane the way that she passed because I was like I was just in a rush Mm-hmm. And um, it was like the weekend of a, my cousin's graduation from high school. Mm-hmm. And she really wanted to go to a party um, for the graduation. And she was like, hey, my nails are, you know, they, they're peeling. I'm like, they can't be peeling. I did your nails a week ago. And mm-hmm. I, I do a really good job. Like, we're talking about <laughs> three, four coats of polish. Mm-hmm. Like, do a good job. Mm-hmm. And they usually last for like three weeks. And so, Can you do my nails? Mine do yes. days. Can you yes. offer a tutorial? Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, like, I went and her nails were, in fact, really chipped. Mm-hmm. And I took the time and I, you know, made sure that she, like, was good. She wasn't feeling great, but, like, she really wanted her nails done. So I spent that time with her and had that not happened, I don't think I would have spent that time with her. My sister, unfortunately, didn't get to see my mom before she passed. But I so had, it happened very quickly. Yeah, well, it had kind of kind of happened over a weekend. Like, um, I went in on that Friday to do her nails, and then Saturday we were supposed to go to the graduation party, and she wasn't feeling up to it. So I went, got a couple of things that would help her she she was just feeling nauseous so Mm -hmm. just some stuff to soothe her and spent some time with her made sure she was okay and um I was trying to get out the door Mm -hmm. but like I don't know just something was like take time with her Mm -hmm. and I'm so glad I did yes um and then so that was I, I left Saturday afternoon, and then Sunday morning, like, in the morning, and I have yelled so many times at, like, drunk friends who will call me in the middle of the night, yeah. and they're like, you know, either come get me, or I need help, or, like, and I'm like, guys, I am terrified that it's my mom's nursing home that's gonna call, yeah, yeah. and it ended up being my mom's nursing home at 3 a.m., at oh, um, so... 
got the call and you know I threw all logic out the window because um you know I had power of attorney but my mom also had a do not resuscitate order mm-hmm. and I'm like guys ignore that <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I have power of attorney like do something yeah but um she had passed away in her sleep mm. and I mean that's the ideal way to go yeah like she wasn't it seemed like she wasn't in any pain and when I went like she looked so peaceful and that's all you can ask for yes um but that kind of launched into the grieving process and it's funny because as a caregiver and having been a caregiver for so long and you know, I've led caregiver support groups and, you know. Of I've, course you did. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I had a, a group of young caregivers, which you never think until you're in that situation. Like, oh, wow. All of the caregivers are like my parents' age. I'm sure they're caregivers like me. And there were. So, yes. um, yeah. So I've, I've led caregiver support groups. And you think that because you've essentially grieved who your parent or your spouse or whoever the sick person is, who they were, that you knew, that you've done a version of grieving. Mm -hmm. But, like, once my mom was gone, I did not expect the physical manifestation of grief Mm -hmm. to be so strong, like, my bones hurt. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, just everything hurt. And I went weeks without crying, but like grief was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a funeral to plan. <laughs> I know it, it, yeah. it almost, um, occupies that space during that time yep. because you're still kind of in planning. You're still like, I need to do this. I need to do this. It's, it's like you're caring for her even yeah. after she's died. And yeah. it's kind of when this stillness all yes. settles that it's real. Yeah, I would definitely say after the funeral is when I was like, oh, okay. I, I didn't have my checklist anymore yeah. of like things to do, whether that was taking care of her or then the funeral. Uh-huh. Every like everything, it kind of just happened and fell into place. I didn't have to work. I'm very lucky to have a job. Okay, I was curious about uh, that. Yeah. When? How long did you have off? And three weeks off. Okay. Um, and you know, I could have taken more if I needed to. Um, my job was phenomenal. Like the day like that they found out I had flowers you know I wasn't eating but if I wanted food yeah. or anything like that I could have had anything I needed um even members of my team like came to the funeral mm-hmm. and um Support. you know members of my team watched the funeral like I it, I felt so much support when my husband's mom passed away there was just this looming sense of like when should I go back? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we feel, we feel so needed and necessary in our roles that being gone for an extended period of time feels like 
a burden on other people. But when you step back and look that we're humans that just went through some pretty traumatic event of loss, it feels like maybe more than a few weeks is necessary to like get yourself back. And I don't know. I mean, maybe I've heard people say that like, it's good to have your mind off of it and like be back in a routine again. But then also like, I feel like there needs to be a lot of grace from coworkers and, and I'm lucky because once I did return, I was making like small mistakes, Mm -hmm. like constantly, Mm -hmm. like, I'd say about two to three weeks coming back. I, I'm a recruiter and I'm generating offers and I'm like adding extra zeros oh. or like, you know, not adding enough zeros yeah. or, you yeah. know, just a decimals off or uh-huh. start dates wrong. So I'm having to redo offers like two or three times, which is not normal for me. Yeah. And Luckily, I had grace from, you know, my coworkers who understood what I was going through. I wasn't sleeping yeah. at all. I was maybe getting two or three hours of sleep. Um, did you have someone who also, did you feel like you could talk about this with anyone? Yeah. What um, you are going through? Yeah, I definitely had an amazing support system. And one of the great benefits at my job is we do have in-house counselors. Wow. So um, we had, and the crazy thing is, so I, a month before my mom passed, I had started seeing a counselor because um, my old work husband had passed. Oh, I think I saw that. Yeah, yes. and he he was our age. Um, you know, he had, um, had a heart issue, Um and um, had passed very unexpectedly. Yeah. Um, and I was reeling from that because I was like, for one, that type of death, it it just makes you reevaluate everything because, wait, people our age aren't supposed to die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, had so much life left. Um, so I was already grieving that and... That was one of the first times that I was like, okay, death is a thing. It can hit close to home. I had never really dealt with death Mm -hmm. before. Um, So saying goodbye to my friend, like, made things real. And then to be hit with my mom the next month, which – I had I wasn't expecting that at all. I thought my mom just had a chronic illness and yeah. she'd be around for a long time. Every doctor's visit that I went to, like there was nothing that would have alluded to the fact that she was going to be gone. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was quite a shock and yeah, a um, few months. Yeah. So what were some things that people did that were helpful or things that people said that were helpful in that moment where you felt supported and loved? Does anything stick out for ways? I know people are always wanting to help and sometimes I feel like they can get in their own way. Yeah. Um, I think anyone who is just, who or who was just ready to listen mm-hmm. um, was really helpful and... Just not, like, 
oh, I'm just calling to check in, like, just, hey, you know, I saw this and I thought of this and, you know, wanted to reach out. It, it's really just if I wanted to cry, like, being able to cry, if I wanted to just get in the car and drive. I had a friend who's like, let's drive to Bucky's. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And let's just go. Like you're off of work. I can take off of work. Like, let's just go to Bucky's. Yeah. And you know, it's a Tuesday, but let's go. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So that was what I needed because I, I went from having my day planned out around caregiving and work and like all of my other responsibilities to like someone has my dog someone you know like everything was taken away and I was just supposed to sit with grief and that was the last thing I wanted to do yeah um and I I had you know I, I do stand up and I had friends who were like when you're ready like, let's work this out on stage. Mm-hmm. And I I got up and I told jokes about grief. And I'm still telling grief jokes. Yeah. I, I tell jokes about planning a funeral and, you know, all those things that are very uncomfortable for a lot of people. But, but I love that because it's rewriting what grief should look like. Yeah. Because it doesn't. It's not one size fits all. It's not the same for everybody. Everybody heals differently. Yeah. And it isn't like wear all black and cry for a month and then you're good to go. Like it involves, it can involve laughing. It can involve these spur of the moment trips to Bucky's. Like, and that doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong and doesn't mean that you should feel guilty. And I feel like by laughing about it and showing others that you can find joy and sadness um can help other people too it can help the whole rewriting of grief yes and it's funny I've gone to a couple of comedy shows from like big comedians that I love and like they're talking about grief too yes and like Jeanette McCurdy Yes. Yeah. Yes. I different, read that book. Yeah. Different. <laughs> yes. Different way of mother. Hers is I'm glad my mom died. I love that. And I sick. Like I love my mom, but like in the trenches, like there's there are days where I'm glad. Yeah. You were going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was tough. Yeah. Her the cover alone seems very shocking, yes. but it feels like it is leading a trend of people finally talking about their grief. Yeah. In a way that was very private and isolating before. Yeah. And it's it's like there there are funeral planning if when you're not in it, but you can reflect on it and you're like, this is the most absurd process yeah. that I've ever been through. And expensive. It's so expensive. Like yeah. I for how much my mom's funeral was, I could have bought a brand new car. Oh my God. Um, Funerals are like weddings where they've just gotten so expensive, but it yes. feels very necessary to do all of these things. But I will say that like my mom had like the like 
New Orleans like jazz band. Oh, that's like, amazing. She had like the seven thing, and I'm like, I'm sorry, this is a great funeral. I kind of wish we had that TLC show for weddings oh. before funerals. I think <laughs> Linda's would have been ranked pretty high. Yes, <laughs> yes. We went to a Harry Connick concert. I love Harry Connick Jr. and he's from New Orleans, and he it was when Brian's mom was in the hospital she was supposed to be at the concert with us that night. And so it was very emotional to be there. And he was like, we celebrate funerals in New Orleans. Like we celebrate weddings where they have the band come out and line the street. And yep. he was going through and I was just sobbing because it it felt so close to home in that moment. But also the fact that you can find a feeling I don't know like to hear music just felt so nice and yeah it just felt like surrounded by community in that moment so kind of along the same lines when you would laugh and feel happy shortly after did you have any feelings of I'm not supposed to feel this way oh yeah yeah (laughs) I like my mom died I immediately wrote a joke in the like sitting outside I was like damn it she's not gonna be able to vote for Stacey Abrams oh yeah yeah and like I, that was all I could like fix it I was like I'm gonna have to commit voter fraud like, <laughs> and that's one of my jokes now like, yeah and it works really well and yeah well good so. thing it didn't come down to just one vote because damn it <laughs> yeah and I on the flip side, I talk about my dad, who is, like, a big Herschel Walker dude. So oh, what? <laughs> so I'm like, I've got to commit voter fraud. Yeah, we got to balance this. <laughs> yes. So, um, so, yeah, I immediately started writing. And I'm still writing jokes about, like, a funeral. And it's been so helpful throughout the entire process. And I remember... I I loved going to tapings of Family Feud um, because it tapes in Atlanta mm-hmm. and Steve Harvey will like answer questions mm-hmm. and like he'll you know get very personal and I remember him saying like I had asked him about like seeing humor and things you're not supposed to and he like looked at me and he said that it's the greatest gift but it's also the greatest curse and if you have the ability to laugh at everything, then you're a comic, but you have to be careful just because not everyone will see the funny. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that kind of comes down to, are you doing it for them or you? Yeah. So, but I have to be mindful when my sister comes to shows, like she's not going to laugh at like dead mom jokes the same way that I am. So I have to be considerate. <laughs> who's, the, who's the other one? Um, not Taylor. Taylor? Taylor Tomlinson? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She talked a lot about yeah. that. And she's like, I'm going to make everyone uncomfortable for yeah. the next 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And it's also, this is my therapy. Like, during the pandemic, when I wasn't on stage and I didn't have that outlet, like, I was losing it. And yeah. I was so unhappy. And, like, Yoga wasn't doing it. Art, like, going for a walk, there is nothing that helps me more than being on stage and just talking through shit. Mm -hmm. 
Um, whether that's dating or grieving or just any random thing that I like just kind of find funny. Like I thrive on that and that's my outlet. And I know you guys have talked about passion before. Mm -hmm. Like I would love to have a Netflix special, but if I die in obscurity, like I know that this was my like outlet and it's what I was made to do. Mm, I love hearing that. And that goes a lot. Like what you're saying is exactly what we talked about in last week's episode, big magic. It's like, even that moment you were talking about when your mom died and this like joke hit you, it's like, it's in you Mm -hmm. and it sparks joy in you. And for some people, when that happens, they write it out for you it creatively comes through as a joke. And that doesn't happen to a lot of people. I wouldn't say it happens to most people. So I think that's such a gift. Yeah. Um, How are you doing today? Today? um, I'm definitely better, like, like being fully transparent. Last week was really rough. Mm. Um, I think it was a combination of hormones and, like, just life and – just bad weather and all the things, but like I, I think literally a week ago I was about ninety eight percent sure that I was gonna check into like peach fritter or something. Oh, I was yeah. like, this is not good. Yeah. Um, but I have a great group of friends and people who love me around who, you know, I can check in with and just be like, hey, it's a it's a really bad day. Yeah. Like, I need to talk. Um, I, I'm i proud of you for being able to reach out to someone and say that and not just hold it in. Yeah. Because um, I've been going through changes in therapy just because my job changed insurance. Mm. Yay. I know. <laughs> I'm going through that too. Um, So I had to change therapists. And, you know, therapy is like dating, you know, you, oh, for sure. You, you've got to kiss a couple of frogs. And I I always end up getting matched with, like, the wrong therapist. And part of it's like, oh, let's give you a therapist who looks like you. Or, you know, mm. and I always get matched with, like, these old. What do you mean matched? Where, like, where are you looking? So I generally will go to um, an office that has multiple counselors. Okay. So I can, like. Okay see if I can find someone but um I I have noticed that um a lot of times they'll be like let me match you with the elderly black woman and like who's like very religious and I'm like this is not for me ma'am like not at all you gotta have faith (laughs) yes absolutely not Um, I'm like I'm in a weird place with religion yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm agnostic. Yeah. Um, so, like, Ethel's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, you know, I just, like, I want therapy to not feel like work. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And that's, it's, I, I just feel like well, a lot of times I just butt heads with my therapist. In the beginning, it shouldn't feel no. work because you're kind of unloading, right? Yeah. And then from there, it kind of feels like, okay, here's what we can do with all of this stuff that you've told me. Yeah. And it's just kind of like them regurgitating back to you in a way where you're like, that clicked. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're right. It's It shouldn't 
I mean, I never look forward to it. I look for ways to cancel it at least like three times before it happens. And afterwards I'm like, I needed that. Yeah. But I've been through like five therapists (laughs) as well. And not because they've been ill suited most of the time. It's just like, I've gotten what I needed to and moved on. So I use a website called, I think it's psychology today. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of that one? Yes. Okay. That's where I've always found mine. And it feels like dating because I look at their picture and then I read what their specialties are. And if they add a little quote in there that hits home yes. and yeah, it, it kind of, it, it's odd. And then you have that initial call mm-hmm. and I, I would have loved for someone to have told me that like, just because you found someone who will take you doesn't mean that you need to yep. stick with them. Cause I was like, well, this is what therapy is and it's a little bit awkward and yep. No, no, yeah. I am. I will absolutely drop it there. <laughs> um, yeah, I am just. I I feel like there's. I'm I'm not into wasting time. Yeah, more like the older I get, I'm just like, no, I'm sorry. Like, this isn't working. I'm gonna tell tell you. I also struggle with finding therapists because I feel like I'm. I I won't say I'm like type A, but I'm very, like analytical and logical in the sense that I'm not driven by emotion Mm -hmm. or so. And I feel like with therapy, it's like pulling teeth because I'm, I'm an emotional stuffer. Um, and for me to get to a point where I'm, you know, showing emotion is challenging. And I think it's, it's incredibly interesting to see my therapist get frustrated because I will not admit emotion. It's just not. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, so. Challenge accepted. Okay, so her name, Mar- her name is Marissa Renee Lee. Um, she's a writer. She used to work for Barack Obama. We worked with her with our vaccine stickers. Yeah. And we came, I think Elizabeth Holmes introduced us to her. Her whole thesis her whole um focus now is on grief Mm -hmm. and it's her point is that grief is love and I think that's the name of her book but when I knew we'd be talking about grief I listened to one of a podcast that she was on and her mom died 14 years ago she had MS and then later on when Marissa was in college her mom was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer and she talks about um it's a really good she was on with Glennon and it's really good because she talks about her um these moments in her life where like she was planning her wedding and she's like oh this happened and this happened and her husband she's her fiance is like okay okay and she realized like why isn't he excited about this stuff and she realizes like oh I would have come to my mom with this and my mom would have been excited so it's like something that never leaves you but she talks about how you can get to a stage where you feel love instead of just sadness and anger and um but her mom had died in february so they call it fuck it february (laughs) and all it may yeah fuck (laughs) it may so every all of her friends know this and she's like you know it's her mom died the 14th and was her birthday was like the 28th or something so it's like all of these things at once and she's like one year i could be okay that week one year I could be completely out of it that week one year I could be really angry that week but everyone knows I'm not going to be myself at this time mm-hmm. and so 
we're all huddled around this thought. So yeah. be there for me. And she also said after her mom died, she was like, I sent, I was getting so many texts. How are you? How is it going? What? And she's like, sent out one mass email that was like, I'm not going to be responding to your texts right now, but know that I'm reading them and I appreciate them and please keep them coming. Yeah. Because she was like, it was too much for me to engage. Overwhelming. But I needed to feel that love. I just did a copy paste, copy paste. Like, Which feels like a lot of energy too, though. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Thank you for checking in. I'm good, guys. But yeah. My mom just died, so thanks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I. I have a plan for fuck it May. <laughs> um. My mom died on May 29th. I will be in Albuquerque, New Mexico, probably seeing the Little Mermaid. Oh, great! <laughs> and driving cross country with my friend who um is performing in Hamilton. Like, yes. So, yes. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited about that. And, you know, I'm, I'm flying first class to Albuquerque. I'm like, Get it, oh, girl. Yeah, it's gonna yes. Be um, and yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, being away and, you know, I, I'm hoping to like get outside. It's Albuquerque. So yeah. like, see some rock formations or something. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> so. Can't say I've ever been. Yes. I have no tips, but it does look beautiful. Yeah, so that's my hope. And I'm very excited about The Little Mermaid coming Me out, too. So. It looked awesome. It did. And I was like, oh my gosh, tears. I'm, I'm yeah. just so excited. I was, I talked about this in one episode, but I was out to dinner with friends and I was just, I hadn't gone on an antidepressant yet and I was just you know doing one of my sad everything is awful and the world is terrible and I just and I was just stuck and my friend Maggie looked at me and she's like you just look like you need to laugh and I was like I do I really need to laugh it feels like tv isn't funny right now it feels like every Instagram, like, yeah, there were some memes that got me through the pit, but everything was so deep and terrible and awful. And I just wanted to laugh. And so the fact that you can find humor in it, bless you. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, um, I don't know. It's just, I, I feel like as much darkness in the world, like I'm very thankful that like, I, I literally can just look at my dog's butt and just be like, this is your dog's butt made me very happy today, too. She has a corgi, Cyrus. I'll put I'll get a picture of you guys and post it. It's fluffy. Yes. It's very fluffy. (laughs) You just want to rub it. I know that feels sounds weird. (laughs) I just want to go up and touch it. I love like looking at his little butt, especially when he runs. I love taking him to fetch. Interesting, too. Like when you think about like grief, like when I came home because like I said, I got the call in the middle of the night and I rushed out, like came back like way past his feeding time. Like he hadn't gone outside, no accidents, nothing. And he literally just, he is not a cuddly dog at all. Um, and he just like laid in my lap and oh, just he like, knew. Knew. He knew. yeah. So, um, yeah, he's, He's my emotional support animal. Um, oh, okay. So you mentioned that you led um, a support group for young caregivers. Yeah. Were there any resources or tools that helped you through that time and then also after your mom had died that it helped that you think would benefit other people? Yeah. So um, I highly <laughs> encourage caregiver support groups. Um, 
the ones that I was involved with um, were through um, JFNCS, which is in Atlanta. It's a Jewish um, Family and Career Services Center. I love them. Cannot say enough good things. Like, when I die, like, they'll be getting a sizable (laughs) donation. Like, I love them. Um, Here in Atlanta? Yeah. Based in Atlanta. um, They have, uh, the one that I went to was in Dunwoody. Um, And they have just so many different services. um, But they also offer therapy. Um, They offer, you know, career help. They offer just, like, just so many resources. Cannot say enough good things. Um, but yeah, so caregiver support group cannot recommend that enough. Yeah. Um, we, I had been in that group for six years before my mom passed and I was the youngest by probably 30 years initially. Um, and then, um, I started getting involved with like kidney foundation and like learning about like hey, there are other caregivers, like, let's make a young caregivers group. Mm -hmm. Um, So doing caregiver group um, through the Kidney Foundation as well as the Alzheimer's Foundation um, and just connecting in that way. But I'd say, especially with so many resources online, like, just find your community. Mm -hmm. Um, That's my biggest thing that I would advocate for. And... Um, so, like I said, I'm, I'm dating, um, therapists right now. Um, I've tried BetterHelp, I've tried, like, all the things, Mm -hmm. um, but I've had really good, um, there's essentially an app that I use, it's called Finch, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, literally, like, a self-care, like, but, like, a, like, a gigapet. But, like, for you, oh, if that makes yeah. sense. yeah. So, F-I-N-C-H. Yes. So, okay. it's, like, a Tamagotchi. And, like, you, you're, like, oh, I got outside. I'm I'm grateful for this today. And it, like, gives you points. Okay. And it's very cute. It's very interactive. And um, I've never heard of that. I need to make uh, a note. Let me see. But you can read it. And, oh, yeah. cute. So, um, but, yeah. So, I highly encourage that because it's. It gives you a visualization, even on days where you don't want to get out of the bed mm-hmm. and you don't want to shower, you don't want to brush your teeth, you don't want to, like, eat. Like, it just, it helps you visualize, like, hey, I'm I'm doing it. Let me try it here first. Let me get there. Yeah. Um, I also just encourage people to, like, Go and do, like, just go to comedy shows. Just do yes. it. Like, okay, what are some spots in Atlanta that you would suggest? Yeah, so um, I definitely suggest, it's Monday, um, Star Bar. And okay. I, I realize that it's kind of late for some people. Like, Star Bar starts at 930. Okay. Um, like, I perform all over the city. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll get connected on Instagram if don't know you, but yeah, okay, um, it's glow, wait, glow, G L O W 07. Okay, yeah, um, because I never gave it up after high school. <laughs> um, but um, that's a lot less embarrassing than some of my, my yeah, high schools. Was like, that was very like, legit, yes. Um, but yeah, so uh, the Laughing Skull's great, so many breweries. Um, 
I just, I, I love performing all over. I have a um, show coming up at Roll Call. It's an all-women show, which I love. Yeah, that's great. I'm performing at the Punchline next month. So. Wow, that's great. Yeah, so I encourage that. And, like, I know comedy is such a sensitive subject nowadays, and I you can easily find, like, shows that are either – you know, sensitive to, you know, whatever you're sensitive to. Um, I I think it's encouraged. It, I think it's important to find a safe space. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I kind of, after my mom passed, like kind of went into a hidey hole and like didn't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, I need to get out. So I'm applying to comedy festivals. So, um, I'm, I'm hoping to be out more and, like, yeah. to travel. Would you say like, you're laughing your way through grief? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> I am laughing at, every, like, because ultimately you have to laugh to keep from crying. And, yeah. Um, I'm I'm not, I, I've done a lot of crying. Like, yeah. I've, like I said, I've grieved who my mom was, and now she's gone. I've grieved that. What's next? Yeah. Congrats, you made it to the end of our show. If you liked it, please share it with your friends and leave a review. If you didn't like it, don't worry about it. It will only cause us to spiral. We also want to reiterate that we are not experts, but please do call or text the people at the new mental health hotline at 988 because they are. Join in on the conversation on our Substack page at One Fry Short Pot. See you there.